in five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to the Maximize Your Medicare podcast. While the information on this podcast is believed to be correct, you should verify all facts. Nothing in this podcast is to be construed as financial advice. It is not the offer for you to purchase any instrument or any interest in any financial contract, including but not limited to insurance. The opinions expressed in this podcast are mine and mine alone. They are not affiliated with the Department of Health and Human Services or financial institution. All right, everybody, I'm here with Brian Sheridan, a friend of mine and the owner of Level 11 Physical Therapy. It is a practice with two locations, one in mid-Michigan in Saginaw and one in Holly, Michigan, which is just near the Flint, Michigan area. Brian, thank you very much for coming this morning. Thanks for having me. Now, you can't see it because we are not on a video podcast. Brian is a full-time user of a wheelchair to get from place to place. Brian, your own personal background here, how did this occur and how? Well, I've, I've been involved in healthcare for as long as I can remember. As early as my high school years, I decided uh, you know, I was either going to be a doctor, a dentist, or a physical therapist, or even a certified athletic trainer. So as a junior in high school, I started volunteering with our athletic trainer, and then he gave me this great title of student athletic trainer. I got to tape ankles. I I, I got a little Kramer case that I got to go on the softball field and help the girls softball game. So I started to really fall in love with this concept of uh, helping people go from something bad that may have happened to them into some some form of recovery. And, uh, you know, I, I... graduated from school and decided athletic trainer wasn't it, physical therapist wasn't it, I was going to be a dentist. I was going to follow in my father's footsteps and be a dentist. So your father was a dentist, okay. Yeah, my father's a okay. dentist. And, uh, and I've got several family members that are in healthcare. And my first year, of my first semester of college, I was uh, I was going to you know potentially play basketball. Um, I was very involved in a lot of the intramural sports, one of those being a gymnastics club. Okay. Now, as you can see, I'm tall. Right, you are. I'm six oh, well over six. six. Yep. Yeah. So uh, I, I joined this gymnastics club, and I started to learn how to do things that I didn't think I was capable of doing. For example, backflips. And uh, the the idea behind doing the gymnastics club was really to gain more strength and agility and balance and coordination and all right. those great things. That at six foot six, right? Yeah, at <laughs> Got six to manage foot six, it. right? Well, I, I did a, a back handspring that I had learned how to do, and I did it on this device that's much like a trampoline. Right. And I over-rotated. I landed on my head. My body came down much like an accordion would, folding Ouch. on top of each other. Okay. And I felt the bones, the vertebrae in my neck, actually break. Break. And I heard the crackle. Okay. And then I felt this rush of, of numbness go through my body, and I realized... Something that, very wrong. Seriously wrong, right. So from that point in time and on to you professionally, you are an occupational therapist by training, is that right? Yeah, because of the nature of my accident was a spinal cord injury. So okay. the vertebrae in my neck cut into my spinal cord and they did it in a significant enough way that it caused 
at least partial paralysis or paresis through my body. Right. And when you break bones in your neck and it affects your spinal cord, usually that means it's going to affect four parts of your body, four okay. limbs. Four being quad and quadriplegia is the term. I'm fortunate okay. enough that it wasn't a, a complete transection of the cord. It was just damage to the cord. So I have something called incomplete quadriplegia. Okay. Uh, that's why I now I, I use a wheelchair full time, but I'm fortunate enough that I'm able to, to still move around and stand up and and walk around a little bit. It's ugly, it's wobbly, okay. but I can do it if I have things to hold on to. So that's how I get my wheelchair in and out of my car. So now you are the owner of two of physical therapy um, practice. Can you tell us, for example, what, to someone like me who has not been a patient at a physical therapy practice? exactly how you distinguish yourself compared to others you have got spinal cord injury you your level 11 specializes in neurological uh, challenges yeah, is that and, right and i guess it, it it flows nicely with your first question because that part of the story continues on to everything that i did from that point right, in my exactly. life on uh you know the, becoming an occupational therapist became sure. kind of a natural thing because i found myself at 18 years old paralyzed in intensive inpatient rehabilitation for three and a half months. You know, right. I lived at a hospital for three and a half months in Grand right. Rapids trying to get better. What, uh, you know, so my, my, my dreams of becoming a dentist and all these other things kind of got thrown out the window because my hands didn't work anymore. An NBA probably not... Not going to happen. <laughs> right. Yeah, maybe the Six double, foot six, it, the, the yeah, part of that part. Not going to happen. Right. So uh, the... The, the course of my life changed in a, a very, I don't know, it was a very clear path. It became very clear to me that um, I wanted to uh, continue to immerse myself in this uh, idea of rehabilitating people that have had catastrophic or any kind of debilitating disease or uh, injury. So the the occupational therapy happened within the next four years after kind of graduating from my my rehabilitation and something that that struck me as odd when i was in rehab okay was being that i've always had this uh, mentality of of an athlete i thought why is it that my daily rehabilitation seems easier than my triple session dead of heat of summer football practices. Okay. Why is it that for a good six years of my life, right. my teenage years, I played tackle football and those practices were grueling. Right. And three times a day for right. some of them. Of course. Yes. And uh, I didn't think that it made sense that I was working so hard in athletics to become a great athlete, to become a champion. And then in rehabilitation, something that's affecting my very being right. what I'm going to be able to do and perform and, and function for the rest of my life. Why is, why is physical therapy easier? So it seemed like there were just some missing principles maybe in the, the way that, uh, that I thought I was getting therapy. That the you'd way that get, I, right. Right. Rehabilitate yourself, right. So, uh, you know, part of my outpatient, so I was at therapy, as I said, for three and a half uh, months for inpatient, but then I went on to this outpatient center. And that outpatient center was actually in Saginaw. Okay. And I met this this woman, and she was a physical therapist assistant. She wasn't a, a, a therapist, right? Or a physical therapist. And she kind of had the same mentality that I did. She said, you know, you know, for lack of a better word, I'm going to kick your butt. I'm going to okay. I'm going to work okay. you to the 
to the bone. Right. And she did. She was doing things with me that I thought, number one, you're probably not even supposed to do with a person with a spinal cord injury. You know, she's putting me on an exercise bike and saying, pedal. Okay. Okay. Well, how in the heck am I supposed to pedal okay. when my legs don't work? But I loved that because she said, do it. We're going to figure it out. We're going right. to make this happen. Here are a pair of crutches. We're going to force you to walk as much as possible, even though you your body doesn't want to. So this 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 new brand kind of that she introduced me to of therapy was much more recognizable. I to could, you, given your background in athletics, given absolutely, the fact that absolutely. you're I thought, an athlete. This is and, it. Yep. This is the type of this is who I am. This is the type of okay. therapy I was meant okay. to do, and I saw more uh, rewards from it. I could see the recovery a little bit more, and that translated into something more for me. When I could see the benefit, I was more apt to go to therapy. I right. want, there was more desire of course. to succeed. Right. Um, so that process was part of the level eleven, the, the genesis of level eleven. So you therapy. started from that experience, your own personal experience, to create a practice where that is the those are the principles and. I can see inside here you've got apparatus. People are doing you know quite a bit of physical activity, and yeah. I've been to your other location as well. Similar type of setup. How does a person, or how would you distinguish then? It seems like every community you go to in the nation at this point, there's a physical therapy practice every what well, has to be every five minutes. It seems like in in every town or more. Every, every <laughs> strip mall has it. That's Everywhere right. you look, yeah. If you if you hold your breath, you'll you'll see a physical therapy place before you have to take a deep breath. When you distinguish yourself, or and let's just say your neurological or your specialty, how does it differ then? Aside from your your physical, your own past experience, generally speaking, from a person who they break their ankle or they have you know hip replacement surgery, you can imagine that. You know, people who are on Medicare, for example, they change, they have joint replacement surgery frequently. Yes. Is that the same type of physical therapy that you practice here, or is it very, very different? It absolutely is the same. Look, this level 11 physical therapy is, in its truest sense, traditional physical therapy. If you look at what traditional physical therapy actually is. Okay. Physical therapy came out of the the World War One, World War Two, where we have you know hundreds of veterans coming home with lots and lots of different kinds of disabilities. Uh, we had something called reconstruction aids that were helping okay. rehabilitate these people to get right. back to their hopefully whatever as much function as as possible. They, in order to do that, didn't have all this wonderful technology we have now. Right. What they had was uh, a certain skill set, a certain competency from schooling. And they had their hands, and they had they knew how to work hard. Sure. So it was labor intensive, one on one, hard work. That's what we are. That's what we are. Now we've introduced introduced this uh, uh, concept of bringing innovation and technology and kind of an athletic mindset, going back to my history, right? And said, why can't we provide something that's still traditional? That it's going to be hard work. It's going to be one on one. You're going to have a physical therapist or a physical therapist assistant, a licensed person working with you, not sure. just some aid, okay. not just some tech. Okay. Not that there's anything wrong with techs, but right. our, our business, we, we think that the people that have the most competency are the ones that should be implementing the treatment plan. And you are you yourself have this qualification. Absolutely. Maybe, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, we okay. do. And those, uh, 
bring bring the the technology into it still, which we have a, a great amount of unbelievable neurotechnology, and then provide an enriched environment. So rather than having so when you go down the road and you see all these physical therapy places, number one, most of them are orthopedic places. They're okay. probably not uh, treating neurological injuries or or uh, diseases or conditions. They're probably going to refer those to a place like us. We do both. But our, our brand right. involves everything that I've talked about this for, and it also introduces this, what we call an enriched environment. It's an environment that's conducive to health, fitness, feeling good. Uh, it's a little bit more, you might call it playful. Okay. We want someone to enjoy their time with us. Sure. And it's to say physical therapy and enjoyment in the same sentence as an oxymoron. You don't really, <laughs> nobody wants, hey, I can't wait, I have to go, I'm going to physical therapy today. That doesn't happen. Okay. So we want that to happen. We, we want to make it so that if the person is uh, excited about coming to therapy, then they're going to come more often and they're going to get better faster as a result of that. So you see we have bright colors, we have music playing, we have... Uh, we don't wear polo shirts and khaki pants like the traditional physical therapist. Nothing against polo right. shirts and khaki pants. <laughs> right. but, like I've got on. Yeah. Thank you. But, <laughs> Thank uh, you very little. Our, our therapists <laughs> right. have... Uh, our, our t-shirt is just a very sure. kind of uh, colorful, uplifting kind of look. We wear uh, running pants or athletic pants and it's, it's time to get to work. It's more like a coach... Working with an athlete, it, it does look like that in here. That, that is absolutely medal. that is absolutely you know the people have you know the people who work here are in athletic gear. They very much look like the trainer, like they're preparing somebody who is going to you know compete in a sporting event for you know you know candidly. That's what they look like. So. T- tell me your normal, and of course, there's not going to be this overgeneralizing, but the patients that you treat. Our workman's comp, older persons, you know, what's your mix, you know, currently, is that, you know, is that, has that been your experience generally over time? It is. We treat across the lifespan. So just about every age and stage of development we've treated from as early as maybe a four-year-old patient all the way up to someone in their 90s. And uh, we do consider ourselves specialists in neurological rehabilitation. So. We, um, we do probably the bulk of our patients have some type of neurological disease process or condition or a catastrophic injury that they've sustained, uh, but we do see a lot of orthopedic cases because, uh, by and large, physical therapy on every street corner sure, has a sure. lot of orthopedic sure. uh, cases. And our therapists, especially our senior therapists here in Saginaw, they are just the, the gurus of some orthopedic conditions. Uh, Nicole here in Saginaw was trained at Oakland University, and they have a renowned orthopedic program. So she is truly excellent. So our our uh, you know, workers' comp, or I mean, we take just about every type of insurance. And uh, as far as workers' comp or even automobile accidents, we we see all of those cases as well. When you when they come to you, and you know, part of the reason that I wanted. You know, people to hear about you and things like that because this is normal or, you know, highly, uh, it is not 
anything abnormal or very frequent that persons on Medicare, for example, may require, you know, they get a hip replacement surgery or they have some other, they suffer a stroke, for example. And I just wanted to have you, you know, distinguish between the different type or among the different types of therapy and among the different, there's so many different practices out there and choices out there. So that is very informative. Do your patients have any idea how they pay for this or do they just hope that their coverage and workman's comp I guess is usually generally speaking the most comprehensive but is that how it works that they have no idea and then they choose you know amongst carriers or amongst providers in your spot you know based on that or I, I, that I, part I, is a mystery to me totally I, I, I no think idea. that at least in part you're right I think the nature of the consumer is to rely on the experts to guide us down the, the right path. And in healthcare, the experts are generally our doctors. So uh, the nature, and I'm, I'm guilty of this as well. I, when I see my doctor and he says, here's what your condition is and here's what I want you right. to do with it, right. I take that as a truth most of the time sure. and I follow that. So uh, do most of our patients really know how things are getting paid for or know the entire process? No, but part of our job as healthcare professionals is to try to help educate them on that. So someone with Medicare, for example, uh, chances are they probably do have a therapy benefit. Okay. Now, how much of that is going to be applied to physical therapy versus speech therapy versus occupational therapy? Well, that's something that we learn once they, they start with us. Uh, how much will they be, how many visits will they have? How much can be spent on their case? That's something we determine once they, they start with us. And then, you know, uh, Medicare has a cap of how much you can sure. actually receive, how much rehabilitation. Right. But that cap can also be extended in some cases so that they can continue to benefit or reap the rewards from therapy if we are demonstrating that progress is happening. In that so you form. need to have the improvement status for that in order to get the extended benefits Generally, you, yeah, you have to show progress in order okay. to, to warrant uh, extended treatments. It's so fascinating that, you know, we work in you know, parallel type of universes, you know, we intersect at Medicare, for example, we intersect in healthcare, you know, cost, financial planning matters, etc. And yet I, I can tell you the failure that, you know, my own personal failure here in, in informing people about Medicare is the fact that you and I haven't had this conversation exactly about how, how we actually interface with each other. Yeah. It just tells you that, you know, how many gaps there are in knowledge. You've got this set of knowledge. I have a set of knowledge about Medicare. We've never talked to each other. You can imagine, you know, ourselves to a physician or ourselves to the billing manager of a large, you know, private medical practice the huge amount of information gap that, uh, you know, we'll have to do better on that going forward. I think for that's sure. part of the issue, or maybe the largest part of the issue, is that this the world of Medicare is vast and right, complex. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, we're trying to complicate it more. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't pretend to know everything, that's for sure. I know just enough in my industry to know that um, it's, a, it's a constant challenge, that it's, it's a... It's a certainly a wonderful benefit for people to be able to, to utilize, but having increasing one's knowledge of what that benefit means for you is paramount. I mean, that's, there's, there can be very little that's more important than knowing how you could, uh, and I, I, I didn't mean to say this, but maximize your knowledge <laughs> of Medicare. It's just fascinating because the fact is that we, 
for example, when I talk to physicians, they would say, well, that's not, it doesn't affect me, which is quite incredible, really, right? Because now their patient has not, may not pursue the full extent of care to help themselves, etc., whether that be taking well-being matters or going to level 11 because they require therapy and they didn't know that they could actually access a benefit. And the medical provider is sitting there in the middle, you know, candidly without a, you know, vested interest in making sure that their patients, and don't get me wrong, we're all guilty of that to some degree. I'm trying to, you know, piece together, for example, in talking to you today to make sure that people know about various differences on physical therapy, you know, your own personal experience and how we can, you know, go forward and keep communicating with each other. You know, we had um, someone women's empowerment where the sandwich generation, you know, multiple roles. Next, we'll have immigration lawyer. So, you know, it's these are all different little pieces to the big jigsaw puzzle. And Brian, um, so about level 11, you do have a website. Um, tell us about it. Where? Uh, well, we have a lot of we pride ourselves on being a great resource. Okay. Maybe more than anything else, because. When someone has uh, uh, this new diagnosis in their life or this new catastrophic injury that happens or whatever the case may be, the first thing that they really need, and it kind of lends to what we're talking about, is becoming more educated about the resources that are at their disposal. We, Level 11 Physical Therapy, really wants to be a great resource to be a clearinghouse for information referral uh, or just helping someone along this path, avoid some of the trial and error. So our, our, our website is a pretty good resource to learn more about exactly who we are and What's what we're the website doing. address? Our website is www.level11pt.com, and that's L-E-V-E-L-1-1-P-T.com. But our, also our Facebook page I've seen that. isn't just information about who we are and what we do, but it's more. We actually have, I mean, our, our pictures are worth a million words. Because right. We have a lot of them on there. Right. But we also share the latest in research. Could okay. be a neurological research or orthopedic research. Uh, the, the latest in technology we'll okay. post on there. So it's really a, it's a comprehensive page that's constantly interactive with our, our, uh, our patient base, their families, and, and beyond. You know, I think we have, we're nearing 1,500 fans on that page and that's just fb.com slash level 11 pt you can find that by looking for the search for the different party and then you'll be able to get it right well thank you very much Ron. i've enjoyed this and we will do this again if you have the time i would love to to. anytime anytime Thank thank you thank you very much